Keep your distance though, Chewy, but don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. Pinkies up and welcome to High Tea with Monsters, Rebel Scum, and Vigilantes on Rise of Skywalker release day. Brett Ashley. I came down with a really bad case of laryngitis as I was wrapping up my prediction podcast for you. Um, And because I am also spoiled uh, in the sense that I have heard and seen some spoilers for the movie ahead of time via podcasts that I listen to on the uh, makingstarwars.net podcast network, I decided to interview an unspoiled Star Wars expert whose name is Stephen Garrett, longtime family friend, friend of the pod, uh, who has no spoilers at all. Um, This is a spoiler-free prediction episode, dialogue between him and I. Uh, So you can listen safely before you go and see the film if you're lucky enough to see it tonight great we are leaving to see it uh with my children in about an hour and a half and if you are seeing it later in the week that's fine too there's nothing spoilery in this uh edition so without further ado my interview with star wars expert steven garrett so can you just uh go ahead and state your name and qualifications yeah absolutely so my name is Steven Garrett, and I've been an avid Star Wars fan for 29 years, um, starting with uh, my stepdad uh, when I was a little, a little kid, had the original trilogy on a super long play VHS that I would watch in loop over and over and over again. Um, which would also then lead into the Dark Crystal, which is a whole other thing. So, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, started off kind of there, and uh, from that kind of point on, I was pretty much hooked on Star Wars, anything that I could get. So from inheriting my uncle's massive uh, Kenner collection, those were my preferred uh, action figures of choice, and uh, going into all sorts of action figures and, like, micro-machine stuff, I love to create my own worlds and then uh, kind of from there looked at the uh, role-playing aspect and heavy into star wars role-playing i have the complete collection um of all the star wars role-playing books to date um and corresponding journals so um very well versed in expanded universe side of things from both uh, the novels themselves as well as from what was released in the role-playing saga with uh, West End Games, so know a lot of weird stuff that's no longer, that's all considered legends now, and um, certainly went into the comic side of things. Uh, I guess kind of the big thing of late, I went to Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, which was a ton of fun. Amazing. And yeah, yeah, it was a blast. Um, so 
I I don't know. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen the movies. Um, when I travel, they're my preferred uh, method of falling asleep is putting on the uh, the original trilogy. Uh, I have some very strong opinions about the prequels, uh, especially Attack of the Clones. Hate that. I really hate that movie. And having forced myself to rewatch it, it's oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, I have many very many strong feelings about that, but. Yeah, I. Uh, it's common uh, common talk where a bunch of nerds were at where I work, and uh, we at least probably talk about Star Wars for thirty minutes a day. Um, Sounds healthy. More, and, yeah, healthier yeah, than we, working we, out. <laughs> exactly, and then uh, we watched The Mandalorian, or today we watched it um, at lunch. Now, so it's that's how much we're wonder into it to, as it together, and we're actually going as an office to see it tomorrow. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Both the final film. So, yeah, so we, you know, theories and all sorts, anything Star Wars, um, from the holiday special to droids to, it's a big fan of the Ewok movies when I was a kid. So, know a lot of weird, weird random things and uh, befriended a lot of people and including your brother through uh, love of Star Wars and, and talking uh the Star Wars side of things, and then also a big fan of Japanese cinema and kind of where Lucas got a lot of his inspiration from, from Kurosawa, yeah. and Nagagi, and other uh, Japanese uh, directors from the 40s and 50s and 60s. So, um, so, yeah, so on that note, and you mentioned yeah. that you watch Mandalorian with your colleagues at work, which I'm mm-hmm. super jealous of. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a work environment I would feel very comfortable in. Um, yeah. And I was watching episode seven of Mandalorian yep. today, which oh my gosh. sort of oh my gosh. Dylan, Dylan, my brother, who um, I'll introduce the audience to a little earlier, but um, Dylan writes our our theme song for uh, the show, and he is also sort of my producer because he mixes every episode of the pod, um, but. He had sort of soured a little bit on on Mando um, around episode six. Uh, was neither of our favorite episodes. He said, you know, "This is just becoming so formulaic, where the kid's in jeopardy and Mando has to save the kid, and there's all these archetypical villain roles, and he's got to you know fly away on his ship and say, oh, that was a close one, and that's the end of it.' And I watched um, I watch every episode of The Mandalorian at three a.m. Central. <laughs> Um, which means last night I sat around at two o'clock in the morning waiting, seeing like, okay, it should be coming like now. I wanted yeah. to know if there was going to be anything on that episode that required, you know, or that could be incorporated into Rise of Skywalker. Sure. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about our theories. But my my thought was what role the child might play from his midichlorian mm-hmm. Uh, count and how it could be utilized into some of the characters that we know and see in the new trilogy. So um, we can talk about that in a bit, but that I had to see it before diving into all of my research today. Yep. Um, and I said to Dylan, I texted him at like four this morning and I just said, okay, you're going to, you're going to take back everything you said about the show when you see today's episode. And so around like five this evening LA time he texted me just like okay you're right 
Um, I mean, Deborah Chow's no joke. No, she's a phenomenal director. She's, fin- I, I can't wait till the Obi-Wan series. Oh my God. Or series. I she's, know. She's, uh, she's spectacular and I've enjoyed all of this, all the episodes, uh, she's been a part of directed. And yeah. Strong, in. strong female directing on yeah. the series. I, um, I really liked Bryce Dallas Howard's episode as well. Um, yeah. Little seven summer. Exactly. Of. Yeah, you brought up Kurosawa, oh, and geez. and that was um, quite a nice framing device for that episode, for episode mm-hmm. four of Mando. And I liked the little hat tip to her involvement in another Spielberg project, Jurassic Park, with the yes. um, yep. ATST sort of getting its legs under it with the red eyes in the jungle. Yep. Um, so yeah, so obviously the Mandalorian is, um, next to Watchmen, my favorite show on television right now, I guess now Watchmen's done. Watchmen's so. done. Yeah. So. Well, I'd be happy if they left it as it was, cause that was a pretty phenomenal finale. Oh, oh yes. Um, and yeah, DC universe, that was, that was one of their strongest contributions in recent memory but um let's talk then about let's talk about what's what's going on tomorrow then and um let's talk about you have all the canon under your belt i too have um spent as much of my life that i've been alive like you listening to and and following and watching and playing with and learning from the star wars universe um at large and my um like my shamiest fan moment i think is like the um the the books on tape that came out in like the, the early 90s oh there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> okay, they're, they're great <laughs> some of them are Mark weak Thompson was doing it was was doing some of the work at that time wasn't he he yeah i think so it was um more shamey as a as a you know like adolescent female growing up in in uh, rural New Jersey to be listening sure. to these books on tape <laughs> as I fell asleep. Um, sort of the courtship of Leia era. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> they were pretty bad. But, um, <laughs> but you know, hey, it's, it's um, today, I'm sure if I could find those cassette tapes somewhere, they would be a treasure for somebody else. Um, that said, with all canon behind us and moving into the ninth film in the Skywalker trilogy, or the, sorry, the Skywalker saga. saga, and then people are in and out about how how um, Rogue One and Solo fit in. I'm a big fan of both of those films, and I like mm. to assume those are as canon as anything else. Um, sure. But with all of that, Going into tomorrow, it's pretty high stakes for people like you and I who have spent the majority of our both childhood and adulthood times following these characters, these stories, the writing, the development, this universe. Um, Is there anything you're nervous about going into tomorrow? Loads. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you know... I, I feel like The Last Jedi gets a lot of, like, flack unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, from the last few teasers that they've released, 
you know, the I think there's one that's titled The Secret and one that was titled She. And uh, they've been like, oh, we're going to tell, you know, actually, Ray, there's there's more to your story. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's it kind of will take away, I think, from the impact of like her just being this this nobody in the same way that you know Anakin was uh, outside of you know whatever whatever his birth situation and I feel like we're going to probably get some information actually about that in, in right. this next movie um, and I don't know like I, I, I liked that aspect and you know I think a lot of people I, I'm, I'm concerned that you know this is Disney this isn't George Lucas deciding to do whatever the heck he's going to do um and so there's, I'm sure, a lot of screen testing and a lot of like, oh, why, why, why didn't, you know, The Last Jedi make $2 billion? Right. You know, or some. Why didn't the solo movies do better? Right. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's all marketing for that one, especially. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, yeah, that's, that's kind of my biggest thing is like, while fan service can serve its purpose, like we all saw the Hobbit movies and how the fan service like overshadowed the material and content. And I have a lot of concerns that this movie might try to pander a little too much towards that versus like, I don't know. I think, I think we're going to get a satisfying conclusion in a lot of ways, but I don't, I think there's going to be, I don't know. I don't know how you do it in two and two hours and like what, 20 minutes. So, at the basis level, let's talk about the what we know from the trailers, the official trailers. Obviously, you are unspoiled. I'm slightly yes. spoiled, and I'm I'm withholding anything. Um, Please from that conversation. Yeah, from this conversation that I may have heard validated or not um, from other sources that I respect. So, going just off of the most basic level of intelligence which is we have the title Mm -hmm. we have the cast Mm -hmm. we have the cast that we have seen in previews who we have no backstory for whatsoever not even names for some of them um or we have a name and a costume and nothing more than that that's about it Mm -hmm. and the kind of overarching premises that unless Unless this is Revenge of the Sith, which it's not going to be, good tends to prevail in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And it's called The Rise of Skywalker, not The Death of Skywalker. So, you know, there are are basic assumptions we can make. Um, Going into this movie, let's talk a little bit about your expectations on the outcome sort of what are the the risks that you think jj abrams are is willing to take to to push the boundaries within the confines of this disney universe that star wars now resides in um and what are some of the less safe bets that you think he might be willing to take yeah i mean that's a great question so i think biggest risk well one of the biggest risks he could take is moving forward with some of the some of the ideas that ryan johnson uh put forth in the last jedi you know that 
that it's the the difficulty that the resistance has going for them, but especially like that here we've lost Luke Skywalker. Well, although he's now, you know, they've set up this new mythology, right? And we see the kids yeah. at the end, you know, that there's this new hope, right, of what what's to come because of this sacrifice that that he made. And um, I, I I have a distinct feeling that that Disney was really probably strong armed um, the creative team and JJ and, and Abrams to move towards a direction that's a little more safe and playing it safe when it comes to that. And, and I think, I think we're going to get Ray's going to be a Skywalker or, I mean, I, I think the emperor is a Skywalker. I think there's, there's going to be this rise of Skywalker is going to have a lot of different meanings. Um, but I think a lot of it's going to tie to lineage, you know, and tracking the Skywalker line as both the heroes and villains of this tetralogy, um, of films. I, I would love to see them dive into like the microverse mm-hmm. or touch on that, that like, that's what Lucas wanted to do for the last three films. So we learned like about the wills and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't think, I, I don't, I don't think, that's going to happen. I don't either. Um, so, and I don't know that we'll even get anywhere near that uh, aspect or, or any of the like more esoteric stuff that Rebels introduced with, or, or maybe it was, or Clone Wars introduced and Rebels kind of continued with right. like the mother and the, yeah. and the father and the son and daughter thing and all of that kind of, all of those aspects that were in the animated canon material. So, yeah, I I think it's going to be a condensed, pretty safe film with not a lot of new, like, new, there'll be twists in terms of, like, characters that we're going to go, like, oh, my God, like, you know, that character was that character. Right. And that kind of thing. But it's not going to, I don't think we're going to see a lot of new ideas of, of existing characters, of, like, seeing Luke seeing like what happens when like you've you've like like yoda you've failed your your students and you're in the self-imposed exile um right or like obi-wan right like there i there's some hope with like yoda and what he talks about with luke at the at like when the uh, you know the tree thing is burning and all that kind of good stuff and you know we (laughs) see that we we you know we see that kind of convey when Luke decides, okay, I'm going to get involved here and do this awesome, like, force projection yeah. uh, side of things, so... Which we I haven't... I mean, just going to the basic Jedi powers that we have seen mm-hmm. in canon in the mm-hmm. films, that was sort of a, a new ability, sure. right? A new force ability. Yeah. I think the only time that was shown was in the Dark, not Dark Forces. It was the like comic book series, the Dark Horse series, where like Luke goes to the dark side with the Emperor clones and all that. Right. There, he he does it in that, but yeah, there there was no canon. We hadn't seen that otherwise in a canon. Way. Well, and in Revenge of the Sith, we have the promise from Palpatine that to Anakin that you know. I've I've seen this once before. This can be done. I can protect, you know, the people that you love mm-hmm. from dying kind of mm-hmm. um, promise. But we don't really see that fulfilled, right? Because he gets Anakin into the Vader suit and he's like, oh, Padme's dead. Your kid's dead. 
sorry and no you know just like the such a weak um such a weak moment like just from a you know anakin had all these promises made to him to to sell his soul and do these awful things and then the emperor's sort of like nah well i didn't really fulfill any of those and now also like we'll find out your son is live and i'm gonna try to kill him too um So you can imagine that the Vader that we see, like with all of that in hindsight, the Vader that we see in in Return of the Jedi, who throws Palpatine into the like elevator shaft that never ends, um, is is reliving all of these moments um, simultaneously. Uh, but thinking thinking to that effect, are there any expectations you have for tomorrow that? of other force abilities that we've only sort of ha- had hinted at that we might see come to fruition on the screen. Do you have any yeah. expectation for something, um, be it something Kylo Ren has mastered or that Ray has mastered through her force teachings? You know, what we know, we know what we know about just from the cackling and the previews that what we know of the presence of Palpatine in this movie, like, what do you imagine we might see that we've never seen before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to see, I think that uh, there's a power, it's battle meditation um, that uh, the Emperor uses to control, like, massive armies and influence, like, ship battles and fleets. I th- and I think that was first introduced, which is now Les- Legends in the Thrawn, original Thrawn trilogy. Um, I think we're going to see, I don't know if it's been any any of the new books. I, I have a hard time because I've listened to some of the old ones concurrently when kind of flipping back and forth between Legends and Canon. Yeah. I think we're going to see the Emperor, that giant, massive, like, I, th- I think this is drawing a parallel to the Katana fleet. Um, from from the Thrawn books, when we see all yeah. of those Matt that Star Destroyer fleet, I don't know how like how how many crew those ships have, but I think they're I think the Emperor is going to be involved, and that's where he, we're going to see him or Kylo or through Kylo Ren controlling the fleet. So I think that power is going to crop up. Certainly, I think the Darth Pelagus like you know living forever kind of thing i think that's something that the emperor lied that he that he did master it yeah and i think that that's how he survived and uh there's a power that is used in the fallen order game that came out where kind of the main character can kind of freeze time a little bit yeah i'm like just, objects. just playing that now finally it's awesome it is. i just i i just started yesterday yeah. and i think that Ray will be using that for like when she's like doing some of her acrobatic stuff. Those are those are kind of my ones that I'm thinking we might see. I don't know if you have any other other ones. So here's here's sort of my my take on this is I think wishful thinking combined with like worst case scenario anxiety <laughs> about um I'm I just always assume the emperor has the upper hand and that there is no soul living Jedi or Sith who can really compete with the powers that he has and so I'm excited to see 
in the final showdown of the film, like whatever you imagine that sort of ultimate scene looking like and who's on which side. I, I don't know. There was, there was a moment in the Ryan Johnson in the last Jedi, which I, I have a higher regard for, I think than, than some of our peers do. Um, the scene in the throne room where they're taking down the Praetorian Praetorian Guard together, where where oh, so good. exactly right, and so, so you're good. watching like you never really get to see, and I know Carrie Fisher always lamented this um, before she passed that Leia never got to wield a lightsaber or yep. really master the Force, you know, and anything other than just basic sensitivities, and the force has always sort of been this dichotomy of light and dark and good and bad. And there's, you know, there's never just one, you know, kind of, um, even when Darth Maul is, uh, sliced in half in, mm-hmm. you know, the end of Phantom and Phantom falls Menace, down is, a, a shaft. Like yeah. And he's, fi- he ends up being fine too. Right. So it's kind of like <laughs> who, who all even ever really dies. That is an apprentice to Darth, like this is all you know are we going to see the Knights of Ren unmasked and it's all like Count Dooku and you know <laughs> Darth Maul and Kira and whoever else like I don't know I don't well, know we, the comic today that just got released today gives a lot gives oh, a, a lot about that. Uh, Knights of Ren yeah I can't tell if I'm I think that they're going to be zombies or if I think they're going to be like you know you just see Kira fly off at the end of Solo and that ship to rendezvous with Darth Maul and that I know mm-hmm. plays a big part like Darth Maul's legends and and Clone Wars um, his legacy beyond his death you know when mm-hmm. he faces um, Obi-Wan like it's kind of it's kind of all out there um, so I don't really know where that all fits into tomorrow's film and if there's space for that in tomorrow's film or if that's something that's going to be continued in the um, Deborah Chow series, which I cannot wait for. Um, we'll have to see. But my thinking is this, is that Ray cannot win this fight by herself. I don't know if that means she needs force ghost allies or if she needs Kylo that's Ren. That's what it's going to be. 100%. 100% force ghost against Sith ghosts yeah. thing. I I I think we're gonna see whether it's through a training montage, um, or in the final battle, like a la Harry Pottery yeah. thing where That's she, a good that's a good point. Yeah, where she dies have, and like, then comes back, you know, to defeat the And and who you know, JJ is good about having that like you know, those red herrings. I mean, maybe Luke's, I think we see him in like a white robe. There's been like a, a shot of that. Oh. I don't know if it was in Vanity Fair. Like if he's going to Gandalf it. Oh man. And like, maybe he didn't really die. Maybe he so he's went Luke, to another. Ex- Luke the white plane. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Instead of Luke, the I, blue milk drinker on the Rocky Island. <laughs> I think you're going to see Anakin fighting Darth Vader. I think oh, there's going to be, be, like... so badass. I think we're going to see that, and it's going to be... Because they have to... And he's he's JJ said this, like, time and time again, that this is very much an ending to all of the films, to all of the previous eight films. Yeah. So I, I, I do think that 
I I think we're gonna have Obi Wan in it. I, I think so. you know I think they're the very least that whole thing that was in the first trailer that was released where Luke's like you have everything in you now or whatever yeah, he all says the, um, a thousand generations of, a thousand generations uh, live in right. you now exactly I think that that I have a prediction that that montage we will then hear like Yoda say something and Obi-Wan say something and like she is getting all of this like absorbing all of this knowledge from all of these other masters that have been a part of the canon that part of these the films that we've seen so so is so then in your estimation is anakin still the chosen one to bring balance Mm -hmm. to the force you think so Hundred percent. I think this is Anakin's. I think this is still Anakin's story, and I think like, I think if there's any one antagonist, protagonist, or journey that we're following, certainly the first six films, hundred percent are about Anakin, and I think that the legacy of Anakin, you know, from Kylo, like, let me finish what you started, grandfather, and like all of these things, like the influence of Darth Vader has been present in these films. And it certainly seems like there's some kind of altar that the mask survived and they're going to destroy that altar in one of the trailers. Um, you know, I, I think that maybe we're going to get the up, op- we're going to get, I think, I think we're going to have Hayden Christensen and we're going to have some of the, like, we're going to get some stuff about Anakin when he was some of the more light side stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just can't. I don't know how you can't. You can't have this final film without if the cho- the chosen one being a part of it in some way. And so I guess that's where you mentioned the possibility of the lineage of Skywalker pertaining to the Emperor to Rey. Um, I I was a short lived hope uh, fan of the theory that perhaps. Ray was the daughter of Kira and Han after, you know, uh, he left Leia uh, when uh-huh. Kylo turned on um Luke and that, that may have made Kylo slightly older than Ray, but they were siblings uh-huh. and, and that could have been a cool play, but I I don't know that I subscribe to that anymore. I do wonder about the um the creation of Anakin, you know, sort of this force plus woman <laughs> Uh And I wonder what the Emperor's uh, role in that might have been. Um, So I think that that's all going to get nicely packaged for us. And I I wonder if that's replicated somehow in Rey's actual lineage. If Kylo was just trying to get into her head and F with her in the last movie. Um, Right. Because they do have this unique force bond between the two of them, right. so so unique, in fact, that I don't, I can't recall another time in canon, at least, where um, two opposing side Jedi could reach out and and physically touch one another. So right. I don't see them, either of them, prevailing in tomorrow's film without the support of the other. Um, mm-hmm. let, let's talk briefly on some of the supporting characters around them because it's, this, mm-hmm. this series has always been Luke is off fighting Darth Vader or the Emperor or Anakin's off fighting um, Obi-Wan and there's a supporting realm of characters that are so mm-hmm. critical to why this story is beloved 
Um, yep. That includes, and I'm not even going to get into the like auxiliary newer characters, like the you know Finn Poe, Rose, uh-huh. um, potentially Zori Bliss, and and all of these different characters that we know we're going to see tomorrow. But just uh-huh. you know Chewbacca, R two D two, C three PO, Lando. Um, yeah, people going to die. Yeah, oh God, I and my yeah. daughter and I were talking about this last night about. How in all of these movies, I guess dating back at least to um, the Clone, I guess the Clone Wars or Revenge of the Sith that we first meet Chewbacca. I think it's Revenge of the Sith when Yoda is with the Wookiees on mm-hmm. Kashyyyk um, and he's there. Oh, uh, Chewbacca, you're, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, a goofy fan service moment. Exactly. Aside from last last week's Mandalorian, where he was like, oh, maybe you're a Gungan under that helmet. That oh, was like God. the most awkward um, <laughs> callback to the original trilogy. But, you know, thinking of it in those terms of, of Chewie and having, I so loved watching Chewie's sort of origin story in Solo and the friendship between him and Han and that bellow of torturous pain that he lets out when um, Kylo kills Han Solo, like, I just, like, became undone. You know, like, Chewie is the character when I go to Disney World that I seek out and, like, get a big hug from and I'm like this is what I I live for and my kids feel very much the same way so I'm afraid because I'm bringing them both with me tomorrow that like that's going to be something I have to live with Um, I I would (laughs) I think Chewie's going to make it out alive I sure hope so I think C-3PO is going to die so Um, question for you then mm -hmm. at the end of Revenge of the Sith Yep. When Luke and Leia are born, Padme is dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, ba- Bail Organa gets Leia, and Obi Wan gets Luke, and they say, "What are we going to do with these droids?" And it's C three PO and R two D two who have been built by Anakin and sort of lived already a trilogy of yeah. adventures at the end of that yeah. movie, and they say, "Oh, just wipe their memories." And I have this dispute with my seven-year-old because we've been watching A New Hope a lot lately in preparation for this film. And um, when Obi-Wan is after the sand, um, I guess it's not appropriate to say anymore. So the Tusken Raiders, after the Tusken Raiders have kind of come across Luke and um, C-3PO in the desert in their speeder... And they're in the binox looking, and they see the banthas, and they don't see anyone on them. And when those sandpapers sure. are behind them, and they get them. Yep, and yep. So when Obi-Wan approaches, after he scares them away, and he puts his hand on Luke to make sure Luke's okay, and he's got his hood yep. over his head, and it's just R2-D2 watching from behind a rock, kind of so R2. I think they, the CGI added rock that then disappears. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, there originally wasn't a rock that he's hiding behind, and then okay. in the like cut they added a rock, and then they cut back to him, and the rock's gone. It's really weird. That is weird. It's very McClunky. Oh very boy. McClunky. Okay, I'm so I've been watching the I should say I've been watching the re-released versions with my kids because that's on the DVD that we have sure. at home. So, did R two get his mind wiped, or no. did just C three PO? I think it's just C three PO. I think I you're think right. I'm, I'm, I think I think in the movie they just wipe C three PO's memory. So does that mean that 
other than Anakin, if Anakin is a Force ghost, and we don't know Anakin's presence in the Force for the last three mm-hmm. movies, like for the like um, right. Force Awakens and Last Jedi, we don't really have any reason to suspect that other than in Rey's Force visions that he is a cognizant present or his his helmet through Kylo Ren's interaction with the helmet. So right. does does this mean that in all nine trilogy? films excluding solo where r2d2 has no role and um right at the end of rogue one we don't see him actually on the corellian um the corvette right the tantive ship we so it does that mean in the nine movies that are the nine movies that that r2d2 is the only being with recall of all nine movies Yes. <coughs> um, yep. and, and then, and then R two and C three P are the only characters that are in all nine films. Right, and then Chewbacca would be the next largest number of films with seven, eight if you include Solo, and then Anakin <clears throat> if you include sound effects from the cave and the. Um, Force vision that Ray has in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about <laughs> right. So that's sort of my so that's my I guess my last question to you. We we think a lot about Ray and Kylo Ren sort of being this new generation, thousands of, of generations living in them, heroes. Mm-hmm. With the supporting cast that that comes with every Star Wars movie, it includes mm-hmm. people like Lando and Chewie and Poe mm-hmm. and Finn and Rose yeah. and etc. But if you had to pick somebody, not Rey, not Kylo, not Luke or Anakin from, I guess that, <laughs> and the Mando hates droids so much that it's funny to even have this question, but. If you had to pick somebody outside of the traditional hero role, who is a hero in this series, who would that be? <coughs> I don't mean that to you be mean, such a leading yeah, question. I mean, prob- I mean, yeah, I would say I would say R two. Yeah. C three PO. I mean, R two especially, like, yep. um, like time and time again comes through and like saves the day. And I think that's where C-3PO is going to have like a big moment for that, that they've kind of, they talked about it. And like, I don't know what kind of, like we see him with like the red eyes, if it's going to be like a combat thing that he's, we, we see him with like a blaster rifle. Yeah. Um, I know. It's you know, outside like of, you know, when he has it in, <laughs> attack of the clones when he's the, that whole nonsense yeah um I, yeah i i yeah r2 for sure like I, you know in terms of supporting characters has been like yeah yeah I, I i would i would say for sure of the like very much supporting cast and arguably he's a main character in some of the films for sure and i think that that was the scene where in a new hope where Luke comes to and he's like, Oh, Ben Kenobi, you know, like I, I'm glad to see you. Um, these droids, you know, this droid said he's, he belongs to you. And Alec Guinness looks at R2D2 and says, Oh, I don't seem to recall owning any droid. 
And yeah. R2 is not like, yeah, you do. Like, come on, man. We were together <laughs> in all these different right. situations. I was in your X-Wing. Like, come on. But um, so I think the fact that we never really can understand R2-D2 and we are only knowing what he's saying based on the reaction dialogue of those around mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm kind of limits his ability to be the hero of a saga like this. But a part of me wonders if the end scene tomorrow is R2-D2's projection of this entire story for a bunch of children somewhere. You know, like, because C-3PO has such a... um, has such a personality of his own. He can speak the languages, and so, therefore, he can communicate... Um, aside from an Empire Strikes Back where he gets disassembled on Bespin when he discovers the trap and says, I have to warn the right. others. Like, we don't actually know, beside his programming as a protocol droid by, you know, Anakin originally. Um, such a weird choice. I know, right? We don't really know, like, his his true character. And he's always just sort of like... Or to, you know, no, I don't like you either. And just kind of, he keeps a very guarded um, emotional quotient for a droid. But R2, we never, we never know other than the whistles and the clicks and the beeps. Like, what is genuinely in his heart of hearts? And I wonder how much of Anakin lives on in R2 beyond the original, the um, one through three trilogy and... If he has a much bigger story to tell at the end of this than any of us think of, would I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, and and there could be like a very, I mean, a valiant sacrifice on 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 you know its part to to for the good of the resistance or whatever it happens to be. Or yeah, I I, I he's an he's another character where I'm just kind of like, there's a, I'm curious to see how, how much of where, cause there's not going to be any more of the Skywalker films. I'm not sold that we're, I, I, I'm not unconvinced that there will be more, you know, we're going to get more films with Ray right. and Poe. I, I think there's going to, there, there has to be, I just, I could find it. You set up this new generation and then you're only going to give them three films. I, I find that hard to believe. Right. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's, they can put, you know, somebody else in the R2 costume, but there could be something special about that kind of, this coming full circle in this last film. And I, yeah, I, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he's the one who ultimately can kind of save the day. And I, I, I do think C3PO is going to have a big moment though, because they've really kind of pushed, pushed that in the narrative. Agree. Um, I won't comment on that because that is one thing I, I do have spoiler oh, knowledge on, so I'm going to leave okay. that and we'll discuss that um, afterwards. I'd love it yeah. if you would come back on and we can talk oh, about this absolutely. after we've seen the movies. I want to thank you for participating by giving you a gift of um, Anthony Daniels' latest book, I Am C-3PO. Oh, awesome. Um, so I will make sure you get that next week when yeah. my brother's in town. Um, yeah. And then if we can oh, revisit... If you want to come over here, and we can we can sit down when Dylan's here and actually do this properly. Um, that'd be great. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. 
But thank you so much for your time tonight and for coming oh, on. It's It's been such anytime. a pleasure talking about this with you. And I can't wait to see um, what we have to talk about when this yeah. is over. And it also, comes, comes true. Yeah. yeah. And also, um, I've heard that they're in the process of writing a Cassian series for Disney+. Plus. Yes. Um, yes. I would love to see more about that time period in between. Oh. Oh, yeah, me too. That would be... Because I think the Mandalorian is doing a nice job filling in some of the layers between um, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, but I still yep. have so many questions between um, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Oh, yeah. And I know the Obi-Wan oh, yeah. series will go a long way. And ah, it's going to be so good. It is. There's a lot <laughs> lot, lot more to come. So um, thank you so much, Stephen. And um, we look forward to talking to you more when the, the film tomorrow is out. Bye.